Michigan 39, Ohio State 25. Don't worry, Buckeye fans, this is not a bad dream of yours where Michigan beats Ohio State in the horseshoe for the second time in a row by double digits. But the score that I listed is a reality in terms of averages. Over the past three seasons, when Michigan and Ohio State have matched up on the field, whether in Ann Arbor two times or Columbus once, the average score of those three games is Michigan 39, Ohio State 25. And in two of those seasons, Ohio State had the number one offense in the country, and Michigan's defense held them to less than four touchdowns scoring. And in two of those seasons, some would argue three, Ohio State's defense entered the game with high hopes, seemingly peaking at the correct time, and there were reasons to believe that whether it was Matt Barnes in 2021 when he took over for Kerry Combs or Jim Knowles the previous two years, that this defense would have certain matchup advantages against Michigan, and those never materialized. Every year, Michigan has outperformed Ohio State's defensive averages in terms of rushing yards allowed per game, in terms of passing yards allowed per game, in terms of big plays allowed, and in terms of one critical element being fourth down conversions. Michigan is 5 of 5 on fourth down conversions against Ohio State's defense in the previous three matchups. And if Michigan were instead 0 of 5 on fourth down conversions in the previous three seasons, we might be looking at Michigan in 21, 22, and 23 having a 1 and 2 or perhaps 0 and 3 record against Ohio State instead of a 3 and 0 record. Michigan won the national title last year, and the most competitive game they played all season outside of the Rose Bowl against Alabama was against Ohio State at home. And if Ohio State beats Michigan in Ann Arbor last season, they obviously beat Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. And who knows what would have happened, but I think that Ohio State was better than Alabama last season, and I think that Ohio State instead would have went on to go 15-0 instead of Michigan last year. Michigan is 128th in returning production. They're 132nd on offense, 109th on defense. Ohio State is 70th overall, they're 66th on offense, and they're 60th on defense. So now with Ohio State having an experience edge, with Ohio State returning a plethora of starters on the offensive side of the football, but particularly the defensive side of the football, where Ohio State was at its strongest last season and is projected to be at their strongest this year, with Bill Connolly's preseason S&P Plus grading Ohio State to have the number one defense in the country, is this not only the year where Ohio State finally beats Michigan for the first time since 2019, but can it be because of Ohio State's defense that they beat the Wolverines in Columbus? We're going to be talking about the latter portion of that today. I don't want to spoil my prediction for the game or for the Big Ten or for college football in general with the playoffs before I release my Big Ten 
preseason predictions video and my top 25 video and my other conference predictions videos. Once all of that comes out, starting in about a week, week and a half, two weeks, there will be a flood of content. The floodgates will be opened. But I want to discuss what Ohio State's defense can do and about the range that I expect this defense to perform, which is very high. But before we get into the nitty-gritty details and relate Ohio State's expectations on defense and their returning production on defense and key players and changes and relate it all to Michigan, I encourage you to hit that like button so that we can get this video into the algorithm. And also, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I release more Ohio State football, Michigan football, Big Ten football, and college football content. For Ohio State and Michigan fans, I have a keen interest in the game. I think it's the best rivalry in all of sports. I cannot wait for November of 2024 to come at us so that I can watch yet again another edition of the game. And I know that these two fan bases love to they love to snoop around on each other. They don't just watch their own content, but they watch the content of their most hated rival. So if you're a Michigan fan, I myself am a Michigan fan, but you should watch my videos on Ohio State. And if you're an Ohio State fan, you should be paying attention to my videos and other content about Michigan. Make sure to comment your thoughts on Ohio State's defense down below, and also comment your prediction for the Michigan versus Ohio State game this season. Before we dive any deeper as well, I want to give a quick shout out to my Patreon followers. Thanks to Crash2488 for being a Heisman patron. You only have two more months of membership left, and you will get emailed signed, not emailed, but delivered. You'll get an email notification, signed college football with Sam merchandise of your choice. Thanks to all Americans, Spencer Bringhurst, Chris Lane, and SFS Inverted. If you're a Heisman or All-American member, you get access to bonus content on Patreon. And if you're a Heisman member, you get merchandise signed after six months, and you get to give me personal video recommendations. And thank you to all conference members as well for also showing your support. Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Austin Christmas, Zubin Zah, and Janisha Cockrell. Patrons will be updated weekly for new members and former members who have decided to just either take a break or no longer support will be removed at the end of every month. Just wanted to let you know that process. Check out my Patreon page via the link in the description or the pinned comment. Or if you want to support in a different way, check out my merchandise store also in the pinned comment and in the video description. But I want to start off the in-depth analysis of this video by talking about the defensive line. Because the defensive line has really been the area over all three seasons that Michigan has been able to exploit. And when Michigan exploits Ohio State's defensive line, it's frankly like a work of art. It is beautiful. And Michigan has also done that to the linebacker core, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. For starters, the secondary, which we're getting to last because we're starting at the defensive front and moving to the defensive backfield, Ohio State has had two great secondaries over the previous 
three seasons, 21 and 23. 23's was elite. 21's, I think, was just great with some near elite moments. But overall, the 21 defense was pretty poorly coordinated and managed. So the elite talent on there was never utilized properly. The Jim Knowles hire was a great move by Ryan Day. I think it was one of his best that he's made so far at Ohio State. However, Jim Knowles is the defensive coordinator. He focuses on linebackers, and one singular coach can't fix everything. He can't. And Jim Knowles, as good of a defensive coordinator as he is, he likes to line up his defensive line in wide technique. And wide technique, I understand why he does it. He does it so that his defensive ends or hybrid edges can either go back into coverage, they have good angles on opposing offensive tackles for better pass rush, but the pass rush has not been that effective for Ohio State over the previous three seasons, and wide technique means wider gaps in the defensive line, which means that it's that much more important for your linebackers and defensive backs to maintain gap integrity. A gap integrity for Ohio State sucked in 2022. It was very good, I think, in 2023. But that's just from an overall perspective. Looking specifically at Ohio State's performance against Michigan, Michigan's offensive line has just been more physical, they've been tougher, they have been more disciplined, and they have played to their ceiling, whereas Ohio State has not played to their ceiling. They have been very inconsistent over the previous three seasons, whether it is G.T. Chui Malau and Jack Sawyer and Tyleek Williams and Ty Hamilton, the current projected starters on the defensive line, whether it's Michael Hall Jr., whether it is Jerron Cage, whether it is Javante Jean-Baptiste, whether it's Zach Harrison. You know these players. None of these players have ever played at an All-American level for more than a game in the previous three years. And I say more than a game because J.T. Chuimolau played like a, a Heisman defensive end, like a Nadamakan Sioux performance against Penn State in 2022. But that was it. Ohio State's defensive tackles, I think, are in a good position. And I think they were in a good position last year. And the defensive ends, in theory, should be as well from a place of talent. But talent isn't enough. You have to develop well on top of recruiting well, on top of scheming well. And the defensive line is an area where scheme, I don't think, benefits. At least last year's defensive scheme did not benefit the defensive line in the greatest way. I think it played to the defensive line's weaknesses, the pass rush, rather than their strength, which I think is on the interior of their defensive line with players like Michael Hall Jr., Ty Hamilton, Tyleek Williams, who graded out rather high when healthy, and Tui Molau and Sawyer, at least for the earlier part of last season, were both inconsistent. Depth is good. Development, I really like Larry Johnson. I think that in terms of his coaching resume and history, he's elite. But I do think that he's aging. I think a succession plan is needed. And the previous three seasons... His defensive lines have underperformed everyone's expectations. And that's not an exaggeration. Every 
year, Ohio State has been projected by most to have a great two near elite to elite defensive line, or at least have those moments, and they just haven't. So looking at the performance, what I watch on the screen, and looking at the numbers, at this point, I'm going to give more credit to this defensive line's excellence or potential for excellence and the phenomenal performance on the defense Mm -hmm. overall to Jim Knowles rather than to Larry Johnson. I still think Larry Johnson is a good recruiter, but I do think a secession plan is needed, and these previous defensive lines just have not lived up to the standard, and I think that everyone can admit that. But they're in a good position depth-wise. Michael Hall Jr. leaves for the NFL, but everyone else returns. A key for 2024 is that Sawyer continues his, just continues to improve, that he continues his upward trend that we saw toward the end of the season and in the Missouri game where he had three sacks. To Imoalau, we know that he has high upside, but he has to show that more, and he has to be, again, that word, consistency. And consistency, what does that come from? That comes from strength and conditioning, which is, I think, the only area of weakness remaining for Ohio State on their staff. Chip Kelly, great offensive coordinator. Jim Knowles, elite defensive coordinator. I like all of the other assistants outside of the strength and conditioning program, but Ohio State did add some, added a former Urban Meyer staffer to the strength and conditioning unit, so maybe there will be some changes there, but I do think that bigger changes needed to be made there. Ohio State's defensive line accounted for 22 sacks last season. That's just defensive linemen. Overall, Ohio State, I think, had 28 sacks last year. That same year, they also held opponents to only 121.3 rushing yards per game. That total is 25th nationally. And in games against Michigan and Missouri, the wide technique plus the offense not getting anything done eventually resulted in that defensive line being pushed around. You saw it on the final drive for Michigan, where they took seven minutes of clock off and rammed Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and got push in the middle of that offensive line. And when you have a conservative scheme that likes to line up wide, so you have holes in your defensive front automatically, because that's what wide technique does, that's a weakness of wide technique, and you're not bringing all your players forward, so your gap integrity is decreased, just from the gaps not being covered by players who could be blitzing, and you're tired from being on the field all day, especially in the Missouri game, that's a bad, bad combination. So the defensive line entering 2024, I think has the most questions in terms of upside out of any unit for Ohio State's defense. They do have great depth though, and returning three out of four starters and almost all of their two deep, in fact, all of their two deep outside of Mike Hall. So they returned seven out of eight of their two deep. That's a great starting point. And with Sawyer improving at the end of the season and the defensive tackle unit being strong, I'm confident that this defensive line will make strides compared to last season. The linebacker core. The linebacker core was a concern in 21, but in 22 and 23, the linebackers took great strides in 
run defense and in tackling. That's what Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers were known for, was tackling, was toughness. That's where Tommy Two Thumbs got his name, is he, he played through injuries. And him and Steel Chambers were leaders on defenses that were looking to avenge humiliation in 21. They got humiliated again in 22, but last year, despite Ohio State allowing 30 points against Michigan, with the turnovers from Kyle McCord and the offense constantly suffering three and outs, I don't think you can call last year's performance humiliation on the defense. Was it disappointing? Sure, because Ohio State didn't win. But the linebacker core has been one of those areas that has really shown improvement from Jim Knowles, which makes sense because that's his area of expertise. That's where he coached in 22 and 23 along with the title of defensive coordinator. James Laurinaitis, former Ohio State player under Jim Tressel and longtime NFL player, he will be coaching the linebackers as a position coach moving forward, which great recruiter, a man of great character, great player. I mean, the perfect combination for a coach at any program that's who James Laurinaitis is. So I don't think the linebacker core in terms of development will skip a beat. I don't have very many questions about this room, despite the fact that they lost their two starters in Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. They return Cody Simon, who was a rotational player with a lot of experience last year, and Sony Styles is moving from safety to linebacker, which makes sense given Sony Styles' build. He's going to have the speed of a defensive back, He'll have good pass defense, but combine that with his excellent tackling, his size, which could translate well to also rushing the passer, not just tackling and stopping the run or tackling in space. I think that the linebacker room will have a unique blend of youth, upside, and experience. Youth, that is the only term out of those three that could have negative connotations to it. But youth also translates to plenty of room for growth. So the linebacker room, I think, will have a lot of upside. And Cody Simon being there as sort of an anchor, consistent, steady, leadership, I think that there's a good blend in that linebacker room. Again, both Eichenberg and Chambers leave for the NFL, but there are plenty of players left to contribute. And it's not like Ohio State only has Styles and Simon at linebacker. They have C.J. Hicks, who will be a redshirt sophomore. They will have Gabe Powers, who will also be a redshirt sophomore. Court Williams the second looks to be in the two deep. So there are players ready to step up, ready to contribute. C.J. Hicks, I know people expected him to have a bigger role in the defense last season. Can he be a rotational player who has a big role? in the same way that I would say Cody Simon was last year. Can he be that? I certainly think so. So linebacker, I think, is in a good position. It's, of course, of utmost importance for the same gap integrity that Ohio State had last season to continue into this year. It's important that Ohio State's linebackers remain stout in stopping the run. I know Sony Styles last year, partially due to youth and inexperience, he had troubles with taking angles on opposing players. You saw that with Blake Corum getting his longest run of the day against Ohio State last year, where he 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 outjuked and he broke Sony Styles' ankles, basically, and that's because Styles took a bad angle. So 
there will need to be improvements, and there's a reason that Cody Simon, in spite of being an experienced player, a veteran and a leader, hasn't started in the previous seasons, and that's because Eichenberg and Chambers were better. And I think that Sony Styles will be a better linebacker long-term than Cody Simon. So there are some questions here, but compared to the defensive line, which I think is underperformed year after year after year, I do like the direction overall in terms of development specifically that the linebacker room is taking. And Styles and Hicks were highly recruited out of high school. So you have that blend, that awesome blend of blue-chip level talent and proven development. And I'd argue with James Laurinaitis becoming the linebacker's coach, and I bet you Jim Knowles will still be involved, but he'll just be more focused on coordinating rather than coaching a position group and coordinating. Sometimes less in terms of responsibility is more in terms of being focused on something and really making sure that one area is good instead of making sure that two areas are just average. I think that the linebacker core and the defense overall will benefit from that staffing arrangement, from some of the changing in the guard and staff changes there that affect the linebacker position and also the defensive back position. The linebackers accounted for two sacks and one interception last year, and they also had a combined 239 tackles and commanded a top 10 defense. Last year, Ohio State's defense only allowed 11.2 points per game. That was second in the country, only behind Michigan's, which I think they only allowed 10.4 points per game. If I'm correct off the top of my memory, that was first nationally. Michigan and Ohio State, according to S&P Plus, this is an interesting article that I think I'm going to feature, feature in one of my future videos. They had one of the, both the Buckeyes and Wolverines last year statistically had some of the most efficient defenses of the 21st century. I mean, these defenses were wicked good. And the linebacker position is, it's the quarterback of the defense. You call the signals. You have to be engaged in both run defense in pass defense, and pass defense is not just pass deflections or coverage, it's pass rush as well. You're you're involved in everything as a linebacker, and I think that having that blend of experience and leadership with Simon and youth and upside with Styles and, and also C.J. Hicks, and you can add in Court Williams with leadership and experience and toughness with all, all the injuries that he's been through, I think that's a really good combination for a linebacker room. So despite the fact that two starters and a lot of Ohio State's production is departing from this linebacker room, I don't expect a big drop-off. But let me know what you think down below if you think that's not a good take or if you have more questions as to why I think that is. But they'll be one of the best linebacker rooms in the Big Ten, even with that departing production. At the defensive back position, this is something that I said several minutes ago when talking about the defensive line. The defensive line has been Ohio State's biggest problem against Michigan. The secondary was a problem against Michigan just one year in 2022. And even at the end of the day, it was still Ohio State's defensive line and lack of gap integrity at secondary and linebacker that allowed Donovan Edwards to break off those runs and also allowed Michigan to sustain that one long drive they had late in the third quarter to really begin to put the chokehold on Ohio State. The secondary in 
2021 was great. Cade McNamara and Michigan's passing offense were limited, and they had some good plays off of play action. But Michigan won that game because they were able to pound the rock, and it was more so the run that opened up the pass in that game. Meanwhile, in 22, it was Michigan's pass, J.J. McCarthy, Ronnie Bell, Cornelius Johnson, and Colston Loveland that began to open up the ground game. Last year, J.J. McCarthy had a very impressive game against a awesome an NFL-level Ohio State secondary. He went 16 of 20 for 148 yards and a touchdown. But that was an awesome game. And what I mean by that, that sounds awkward, but averaging 7.4 yards per attempt and 148 passing yards total, only one touchdown, that's typically not a statistic that gets you a 94.4 QBR or that earns you a badge of any kind. But that's because J.J. McCarthy was throwing perfect passes. He was throwing across his body, but not in the risky way, in the smart, improvised, Patrick Mahomes-type way. He had a great game against a great secondary. And he threw a touchdown pass to Roman Wilson, but overall it was still Michigan's ground game, particularly on fourth down, and also Michigan's defense coming up with the two turnovers that won the Wolverines, the 2023 edition of the game. Ohio State's defensive back unit, I I can give you this prediction of mine, despite the fact that I haven't released any official prediction videos on a large scale. Ohio State will have the best secondary in the country next year. They only lose Josh Proctor, which is a big loss, but they return Denzel Burke. They return Jordan Hancock. They return Davis and Igbenosin. They return Lathan Ransom. They return... Backups, Jihad Carter and Jermaine Matthews Jr., which were deeply involved with the team last year in rotations. And they bring in Caleb Downs from the transfer portal. I don't think any other secondary really comes close in terms of upside and in terms of proven experience and proven play. This is the defense's best unit. They're elite at all the starting positions, and the depth is strong. And Caleb Downs last year was an All-American player, All-American level player, as a true freshman at Alabama in a room that featured Kool-Aid McKinstry and in a room that featured many other star defensive backs whose name I forget. But Alabama recruits exceptionally well at defensive back. They've developed well there for years And to add him on top of a secondary that I already thought before his addition was going to compete for the number one secondary in the nation is, that's the cherry on top. That's the Cool Whip on top of the ice cream sundae right there. And it's a large portion of Cool Whip, and it's a pretty big cherry because Caleb Downs is a huge addition. He's definitely going to start on this defense. The 2023 secondary only allowed opponents to complete 51.7% of their passes. They only allowed 146.9 yards per game, and they allowed opponents to average a 99.1 passer rating. That's pretty good. That's that's very, very impressive. And you could say that, oh, it's because Big Ten quarterbacks stink. Well, look at Ohio State's two losses. Look at them. Against Michigan and against Missouri. 
Against Michigan, they held J.J. McCarthy to pass for under 150 yards, which he did against Penn State, more so because Penn State's defense, just the way that Manny Diaz game-planned Penn State's defense for their matchup against Michigan was perfect in shutting down Michigan's pass offense. The problem is they really couldn't stop the run, and that opened up chances for play action for Michigan, which they used to get a pass interference penalty and also to get a few yards in the first half. But holding McCarthy to under 150 yards through the air, and he only had 17 yards on the ground, Ohio State's secondary did a very good job of limiting Michigan's offense, and they also tackled well. So I honestly don't think the secondary was a problem there. And you look at the game against Missouri— where Ohio State's offense only scored three points. That was such a bad game. Keenholz only had 86 passing yards. Brady Cook went 11 of 18 for 128 yards, and he had a passing touchdown. It's not a terrible game. And then you see that Ohio State sacked him eight times and had eight TFLs, and you realize that on several of what would be passing attempts, he got sacked instead. If those pass attempts, if we assume that they were just incompletions, which I don't know if that's a useful statistic or not, but you could say that sacks are passing incompletions just with lost yardage, then Brady Cook went 11 of 24. If you count, again, Ohio State sacks or Brady Cook being sacked as an incomplete pass with yardage lost, he didn't complete more than 50%. He didn't gain any yards on 50%. On 50% of the plays that he was trying to pass on. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but the point that I'm trying to say is Brady Cook and J.J. McCarthy were great quarterbacks last season. I think J.J. McCarthy was actually a near-elite quarterback last year, and Ohio State held both of them to less than 150 yards, and J.J. McCarthy had to play a near-perfect game to have the statistics that he did and Brady Cook was running for his life until Ohio State's defense finally got tired out in the fourth quarter. So this unit is wicked good. They're elite, and there's no doubt about that. I have no questions, none, about this room. That's why I'm coming out right now before my Big Ten predictions video has been released, and I'm telling you this will be the number one secondary in the country. This is one of the few opinions that I am very confident in this early in the 2024 preseason, that Ohio State will have the number one defensive backroom, the number one secondary in the country. Now, who are some breakout players? I think that Jack Sawyer, Sony Styles, and Jermaine Matthews Jr. are players to watch. I also think that these are players that, specifically against a team like Michigan, will be important. You will need a consistent defensive end against Michigan's offensive line, which they lose all their starters, but I guarantee you they will come closer to reloading than trying to retool in all 12 of their regular season games. I think Michigan's offensive line will be ridiculously underrated entering the season. Therefore, Jim Knowles will need a consistent defensive end who can get pressure on Jaden Denegal, Alex Orgy, Jack Tuttle, or, from a Michigan fan's perspective, hopefully a better quarterback from the transfer portal. I think Sawyer will continue the strong progress he made at the end of the 2023 season 
where he was consistent against Michigan. He did well against Minnesota, where I think he had a forced fumble, and he had three sacks alone and a lot more pressures and some TFLs against the Missouri Tigers in that bowl. Linebacker Sony Styles, his size and tackling skills will help him succeed as a linebacker. I think the transition will be seamless. The secondary was just so deep, and Styles wasn't going to start with the arrangement at secondary with bringing in Caleb Downs, so why not utilize his talents as a linebacker? Sonny Styles is a great player, and in the bowl game, he had a handful of tackles. On the season, he had one forced fumble, a pass defended, 53 total tackles. He's 6'4", 230 pounds. Put a few more pounds on him, and who knows if he's done growing yet. And that is a monster. He is a monster at linebacker. He's going to be. So I look for him to break out. Last season, he had some struggles. I don't know if I would classify last season as a breakout season. When I envision a breakout season, I envision someone tearing through a curtain violently and performing at a level that many didn't expect him in football terms to perform at. And I think Sony Styles will do that this season. I think last year he performed at about expectations. Didn't have any sacks, didn't have a pick, he didn't have this insane he didn't have this insane season. But he did well. And I think that he will be much better suited as a linebacker. And at secondary, Jermaine Matthews Jr. isn't a starter, but he did not redshirt last year. He played well in his true freshman role, and I think he will have a bigger role in 2024. I think that Jermaine Matthews Jr. will be involved in the rotation. If there are any injuries to the starting corners, you won't miss a beat because I think Jermaine Matthews Jr. has the potential to be just as good as Jordan Hancock, as Davis and Igbenosin, and as Denzel Burke. I think that he is that type of player. Having three, four elite cornerbacks, that's pretty good. And I know that one of those positions is technically nickelback, but nonetheless, that's a good, that's not even a good starting position. That's most secondaries, even when they return most of their production and have good development, will not have the level of secondary play that Ohio State will have this coming season. So those are my breakout players. It's a pretty short list, but with the returning production, I don't think it's going to be much longer than this, but this is pretty good. Three players who will break out, who will make drastic steps forward this coming season are defensive end Jack Sawyer, linebacker Sonny Styles and cornerback Jermaine Matthews Jr. Now, here are some additional early predictions that I have. I think that Jim Knowles will once again field one of the nation's best defenses in the 2024 season. I'm going to go as far to say that I think it will be a top four defense. If we were to rank all the defenses in a college football playoff ranking style format, Ohio State's defense, I would predict, would get a bye over 100-plus other defenses in a defensive college football playoff. I think it will be elite. I think the run defense will improve. I think the pass defense will improve. I think it will be probably a better defense than last season. Despite most starters coming back, though, I think there will be a breakout 
or, or a handful of breakout players, rather, which I just discussed a few minutes ago. Typically, when you return seven, eight starters in total, you don't have many breakout players. But I think Ohio State, in a certain sense, is going to be the exception to the rule here. Michigan had that last season. Michigan had Kenneth Grant break out. They had Josiah Stewart break out. Ernest Hausman, I don't think he was a breakout player, but he contributed well. And Keon Sab was a breakout player at safety. Now, honestly, it was too bad that he transferred to Alabama. Michigan will miss him dearly. Very good player. But that's just an example. Elite defenses have breakout players where there shouldn't be breakout players, and I think Ohio State will have that. The 2024 defense, perhaps this is the most important prediction, is they will balance the 2022 and 2023 schemes. 2022's defense was overly aggressive. It was like a it was a macho man defense. It had a much larger bark than bite, almost to a point where I couldn't believe my eyes watching the Michigan game and also watching the Peach Bowl against Georgia. Because in the prior 11 games, which were victories for Ohio State, I didn't see the defense function that poorly. But that's because they didn't face offenses that played at a near-elite level, Michigan's, or an elite level, Georgia's. The best offense they played prior to Michigan and Georgia was Penn State, who had a very boom-or-bust offense that was never going to beat a defense in 2022 Ohio State that was good enough at fundamentals and that had a good enough ceiling to where they could limit a great offense, to where they could have one awesome game against a competent offense and explode. And they had that with JT Tuimolau having the interceptions, the pick six, the fumble recovery, the, the pressures, and all of that. The 2023 defense had a much bigger bite than the 2022 defense, but they never showed their growl. They they were like a pit bull that let themselves be pet, and in some cases let themselves get kicked around by an abusive owner. And the pit bull just never bit. He never, he never came out full force and showed his power. And I... I use that analogy to present to you the, the final drive where Michigan chewed up that amount of clock against Ohio State's defense. And for much of those plays, Ohio State's defense was wide technique, and they weren't rushing everyone forward. And by everyone, of course, you have to have a safety valve, but they were at times rushing just four or five guys forward against a great offensive line and against Blake Corum. That's asking for clock to get washed away. And against Missouri, overall, the game planning for that game just was poor, so maybe I shouldn't take too much from that game. I thought the defense did very well. But that wide technique does not help against great run offenses, which with Cody Schrader and a veteran offensive line, and also Brady Cook, who's a dual-threat quarterback, Ohio State's defense did the best they could in stopping the run, and yet because of the lack of offense and also because of the way that the defense plays, at the end of the day, the rushing defense, and specifically the defensive line, just broke down. So I think that Jim Knowles, since he adapted the 2023 scheme, the, the overly conservative scheme 
was obviously a reaction to 2022's overt aggression. I think that there will be a balance and more of a nuance from this defense compared to the previous two seasons. They'll have the best pass defense in the country. It won't be close. That's thanks to a secondary that, as we've already discussed, is littered with All-American and NFL-level players. And moving Sonny Styles from safety to linebacker, that'll give him a perspective and experience in defending the pass that most linebackers don't get. So I think that overall the pass defense, in terms of pass coverage, will be great. In terms of pass rush, we'll have to see. That's an area where I do have questions. The rush defense will improve, but I don't think it will be the best in the country. In fact, I'm... Well, I'm not confident in this, and this is subject to change. I don't think Ohio State will feel the top five run defense next season. Jim Knowles wants to run the defense that he wants to run, and I have questions about the defensive line. But I think that Ohio State will improve from having simply a top 25 running defense to a top 15, maybe top 10 running defense, which will go well nicely with the secondary that they have. And last, but certainly not least, another specific prediction like the one where I said Ohio State will have the best secondary in the country, Ohio State will have two All-American defensive backs. And I think that Denzel Burke and Caleb Downs will be those All-American defensive backs, where at the end of 2024, when we have our All-American lists out, I think that you'll see Denzel Burke and Caleb Downs unanimously on those lists. They will be unanimous All-Americans where they get all or almost all of the all-American selections by major media and coaches and other people who make those grades and, you know, grade those players. That's all I have to say in this video. I think that this defense is very much well-equipped to be the best defense that Ryan Day has had since the legendary 2019 defense. It no doubt will be Jim Knowles' best defense at Ohio State, and it's a defense where Looking at how Michigan is losing the production that they're losing, a lot of their coaches, including head coach Jim Harbaugh, are departing. This defense has the perfect opportunity to stand up to a team in the Wolverines that has humiliated their defense two out of the three seasons and still was able to outcoach and outsmart them and outperform them in 2023. This silver bullet defense has the chance to really stick it to Michigan in 2024. And I think with Michigan having questions at quarterback, the offensive line losing the experience that they lose, and also questions at wide receiver, really running back and tight end are the only areas that Michigan doesn't have questions, there's a chance that this defense will be the reason why Ohio State beats Michigan, maybe the reason why Ohio State dominates Michigan, and not just a contributing factor, but the factor especially given that with everything that's happened to Ohio State's offense in terms of improvement, I don't know what Ohio State's offense will be next year in terms of whether they will be great, near elite, or elite. And Michigan returns a good amount on defense as well. But those are all topics for other videos, and if you want to learn more about those topics and if you want to get more insight into the world of college football and my predictions— please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and click the notification bell. Thanks again to Crash2488 for being a Heisman patron. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, Chris Lane, and SFS Inverter for being All-American patrons. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Austin Christmas, Zubin Zah, and Janaisha Cockrell 
for being all conference patrons. Have a great day, guys, and I will see you all soon. Bye-bye.